0: All right, so this is uh, part two in in a four-part series. Almost none of you were here last week, and I just want you to know that that's okay. Uh, there there's no, there's sort of independent things. Um, the um, and I said last week I'm really kind of new at PowerPoint, and so if you're great at PowerPoint, I sure would love to hear like how it goes and how you do it and and all that. So anyway, um, but so here's here's the thing: four on forty. I am uh, about to turn 40 uh, next next month. I'll, I'll turn 40 years old, and I just started. I've been thinking about that. I'm really kind of excited about it. Like uh, I can remember. I told, said last week. Um, I can remember when my dad turned 40, and there was you know black balloons and over the hill cocktail napkins and all you know things. And and I um. But you know he, he's he's a lawyer, and and I am a minister, and um and. In my profession, like the older you get, the more credibility you have. So I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited about it. Um, and but I've just but the f- number forty is super super significant in scripture, and um and so I wanted to just think about as I approach age forty, and some of you are uh, I can look around there and see a few others are approaching forty uh, as well. Um, and and maybe maybe you have um. Maybe in in I don't know what's the exponent I don't know what the word is but the um you had maybe you're, you've got a, you had a few under first and now you're approaching forty again so um the um that's what I'm trying to say um the number forty is associated with almost each uh, new development in the history of God's mighty acts uh, we see um, last week we talked about Noah and forty days and forty nights and. And we uh, we're we're talking about the wandering uh, Israelites. Uh, the uh, number of days apparently that Goliath uh, sort of tor- uh, tormented uh, and and mocked Israel was 40 days. The um, the the uh, we see uh, the the um, uh, the number 40 strongly associated with Elijah. Remember I, I talked about in the sermon day he walked 40 days down to Mount Horeb. Uh, Jesus, of course, uh, what we'll, we'll talk about next week, Jesus, uh, ta- fasting 40 days in the wilderness, uh, and temptation, uh, the temptation narrative, and then 40 days after the resurrection. And the number 40 is not as, pre- it's not precise. Um, you know, the number three is really significant and the number seven is a little more than that. That's significant. Number 12 is really significant. That's a little more than that. And 40 is kind of a lot, you know, and then you have a hundred and, you know, so a thousand those are all significant, but it's. You know, they didn't have daytimers. They didn't have iCal, So it's um it's not as it's not as precise. It just means sort of a long time, uh, maybe even more time than you would expect. And and so um so this this week we're going to talk uh, about the um uh, the wandering Israelites. Each week I want to ask what I can learn as a Christian uh from the, story, the from each story or each uh, narrative. What is there for me to learn? Uh, and so I hope that you will learn as well. So this week we're going to talk about um, the Israelites. But really, as I as I could do, a, we could do eight weeks on this, just the forty years in the desert. And so what I really want to focus on is the very uh, beginning, where the spies. Um, so they've come out of they've come out of um, Egypt. They've gotten the law at Mount Sinai, and then they've walked up to the, across the Jordan, and Moses um, sends spies. Okay, do you remember that? Um, We'll read through it. He he sends the spies into survey uh, the land of Cain. This is uh, this is after the people have seen the Exodus, right? They've they've seen that they've seen all the plagues, and they have they've seen uh, the they've experienced the Passover, and they've experienced the uh, the walk out of Egypt. This is after the Red Sea, where they were trapped against the Red Sea and the Egyptians barreling down, and Moses lifts up his staff and God parts uh, the waters and they walk across, and all the um, the the water comes back down on the Egyptians again. God delivers them. It's after receiving manna from heaven and water from a rock. You And and we're, I mean, we're talking about like six hundred thousand people or more. Maybe some estimates say two million. I mean like it just, just this is this is like you know all of Birmingham out in a in a desert, and and um and you just can imagine like number one how awful. And number two, how miraculous that they could even live a few days. But God uh, provides uh, for them. Uh, this is after they, uh, the God has given them the law on Mount Sinai. Remember the, the, the thunder and the lightning and the, the terrible things. God says, don't come on the mountain. And Moses had gone up. Remember, Moses went up however many days, 40 days on the mountain. He was gone getting the Ten Commandments and lots of other laws as well. This is after they have um, confirmed the covenant with God, and they have said to God, "All that the Lord has commanded, we will do as a people in one voice. This is after um, the golden calf and, and Aaron um, or Moses came down and found that his brother had made uh, the idol, and God um, had, um, God had, had uh, given them mercy and grace there. And then it's also after the commissioning um, to journey from Sinai to the Promised Land. So God says, get up and get. It's time to go. This is about two years after the exodus now. And they walk up from Sinai. It takes a little longer than 40 days for 600,000 people to do it. And, um, and where do they get the food? Like God, God provides their whole way. And they send in, um, the, they send in the spies. So we're just going to go through some of the scripture about that, and we'll talk a little about it. So Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are in camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage. And bring some of the fruit of the land. So, so he takes one man from each tribe, twelve spies, and they go out and they spend 40 days, and they kind of walk around all, all over uh, Israel and uh, see what they they can see, and uh, and um, they then come back. We're not given a lot of detail about what happened to them, any you know sort of escapades or anything that they had. Uh, just just um, just. We're just we're just told that they were there for 40 days and where they went, and then, so after at the end of 40 days they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron, and they said to the congregation of the people of Israel, uh, in, people of Israel in the wilderness, so they're on the far side of the Jordan, and they told him, we came to the land which you sent us, and it flows with milk and honey, so everything you said it was going to be. And it, uh, this is its fruit. Now they had cut off some of its fruit, and all the pictures you see. I don't know if you can see where you are. That's a, that is a. Uh, it says they cut off the grapes and had to carry it on a, on a pole. And, uh, and there's tons of like artwork about that um, that you can find. And this is its fruit. However, and that is, that is, that is the word uh, in, in, in the faith journey, isn't it? Uh, the, that's, the, that's the tension, the push and the pull. However. The people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak There's so giant people. Okay? Giant, giant people. So remember, there's um, so Caleb, Caleb and Joshua um, were the lone people who said, uh, who were in favor of going in. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and says, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are a- we are well able to overcome it. In fact, the, the, the dialogue goes back and forth, and he says, they will be bred for us. I, lo- I love it. Mean, God is going to go before us. But then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours in its inhabitants, and all of the people that we saw in it are of great height. <laughs> then all the congregation raised a loud cry. This is all the people of Israel. And the people wept that night. And the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. This is amazing to me. I mean, you can see it. Like, I would have been right at the front of the line of people weeping and, and moaning and, and grumbling against Aaron. And yet, in retrospect, I mean, to see the, the lack of faith for what it is, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would this is key right here? Would that we have died in the in the wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? And you can imagine, like from their from their perspective, from from within their mindset, we we it, it's hard. You you know, like I always just think about, it, and, I'm, and I've never had a child, but um, I mean, I have three children, but I've never like. Had a child, and um, um and I always have hear like the pain of childbirth. You forget it in the midst of, of you just forget it, or else you, if you didn't forget it, you wouldn't have any more children. So, um, and, and they have forgotten. Do you remember? I mean, do you remember that that um that God said, "I have heard the cries of the people in slavery. I've seen their affliction of my people, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings." This is Exodus three seven. Um, and I have come down to deliver them. So that, I mean, they were calling out to the Lord to escape the suffering that they were undergoing under their taskmasters in Egypt. And yet here, let's go back. This is this is, this is we're scared. Like, what about the good old days back in Egypt? And and we, we tend to um, sensationalize or uh, the the yester years. You know, we used to think that we think, man, if, if things today could just be. Uh, like they like they once were, um, we hear that all the time. Gosh, as I'm raising kids, I know that there's a lot more out there, but it's the same stuff. There's maybe more of it. It's the same stuff. Um, and so, uh, so you, you just think about though, the fear. We've come all this way. We've endured all this hardship in the desert for this. We're going to go into. We're just going to kill us. You're gonna, isn't it amazing how short-sighted? God has brought them all this way he's parted an ocean you know and and, and he is he's given bread and water where there is no bread and water and then there are people in the way and they said ah, we can't we can't handle them. our wives and our little ones will become a prey would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt and they said to one another let us choose a leader to go back to Egypt um you know as I look back over my life i have I've really been walking with the Lord um, since I was fifteen and um sometimes better than others but um but i I sort of began to give my life to christ and and i look then I thought it was sort of an event and I can look back and see it it's a series of events and uh, started in high school and then there's more in college and more in seminary and probably more than, uh, last week but it, it was um it's just it's just a continual giving of ourselves to Christ. But I can look back over my life and think that you know fear uh, plays a huge um, antagonism towards our faith. That uh, there are plenty of times in our life where we um, we're just afraid uh, to walk forward. Now not always and usually not, uh, or is it so clear what we are supposed to do? And so I would just say that that's. Let me acknowledge that, that, is a, um, that that's an aspect. In fact, that's probably part of what causes uh, fear. But I, can, but I see, especially in my own, um, uh, how often I uh, control, try to control situations and how disappointed and frustrated I get when things don't go like I have anticipated, rather than backing up and saying, uh, well, Lord, uh, what is it that you are doing here? Um, one, one uh, instance in, in my life that really comes to mind in that um, situation where I caused a lot of fear was when I first began to seek ordination. I've told this story a couple of times, and you may have heard it before, but uh, I began to hear the call towards ordination in, um, in college. And I, um, and I said, well, I will, that's fine, Lord. I'll be happy to be an ordained minister in your church as long as you make me a Presbyterian. And um yeah, I grown up in the Episcopal Church, but I came to faith sort of through young life and they were Presbyterians, so in my uh, mind, uh, high school mind, that, that was that meant that the Presbyterian Church was the good church and the Episcopal Church was, was the bad church. And um and um comes to find out they they were both pretty bad. But the um the um the but that's the way it made sense to me and um and I, if I hadn't told the Lord, I'll do whatever you want as long as you do what I want, um, then I may be a Presbyterian today, but thank God uh, I'm not. And I um, and I, um, but I, I went through the process in another diocese, and I was, uh, I was turned down um, actually three times. And it was because I failed the psychological test. I was diagnosed um, by the diocesan and psychologist as having what they call dysthymia, which is not a real thing. It's just uh, it, it is a descriptive word about a series of um, sort of you know things that you might undertake, which is essentially mild but chronic depression. And it didn't seem right to me uh, because. Everybody I had ever known who had depression like went to the doctor to get diagnosed with depression like that they needed the medication or whatever. they knew they were depressed. Nobody in my life, um, nobody in my life had ever thought that I was depressed, and I didn't think I was depressed either. And it seemed like spiritual warfare. Was e- I was in a church; it's easy to call it that. We were conservative. The bishop was liberal. It was just easy to kind of say this is this is an attack, you know, whatever. And anyway, I went. I ended up going through um, uh, psychotherapy, and and it was to tell the whole story. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but it was like a it was it was five it was a five year uh, program, and I just but I just remember thinking like I just balking and um, and trying to control the situation in so many ways, but and when you try to control the situation that's completely out of control. At least for me, and probably for many of you, but at least for me, uh, it's it's fear. It's a sort of not. I, I experience it physically, just a, a knottedness and, and ongoing. Sometimes you even just kind of forget about it because it's so. It just it's just always there, and um, but it comes back uh, easily. It just it's, it's I, I find myself. There's a few times in my life where I find myself just just deep sized You know, you're driving down the road. Have you ever experience that? Just no you don't even you're not even thinking about anything but just just this a sort of a just deep sigh and um uh, and that was a time in my life and i and, and I can remember just trying to control it and i but it was out of control there's there's nothing that I tried to do that was going right in that and I um hated going and trying to tell pretending like I was revealing my soul to this person that I didn't know that I was supposed to, what you know i don't know. And I heard this song on the radio that I, it was a Christian song, maybe it was a CD, that I'd heard a million times, but it said uh, something to the effect of, um, Who am I, Lord, to tell you what to do with my life? And I'd heard it a million times, but then, but in that moment, it just, it was just like, Oh my gosh, I've got to, like, this is your process, like, not, not my process. And do I really think that you're not going to work this out? In my life, whether or not I get ordained, and it was this—it was a—it was a period. It took five years, and it was very hard and painful, and it was a period of wandering. Um, and each time I got turned down, and I again, I don't want to go into all the things about it, but each time I got turned down, there was a sense that I was moving in the right direction, as I said my prayers, as I had other people praying, and yet there was a complete. Lack uh, of any idea of how it was going to turn out, what direction uh, it was going. And I I just tell that story because I I don't know what you've experienced in your life, but I just know that when I try to control things, especially big sort of life direction things, and I get my hands on it, it causes a lot of anxiety. And I think, why did you bring me this far just for me to be... I'm just going to die by the sword. I'm just, you know, that's me right there. That's a picture of me right, right there, pigtails and all. I, I just, um, uh, I just get so uh, overwhelmed, and, and thanks be to God, some usually there's a passage of scripture, or a song, or a sermon or something that helps me uh, to remember. Um, so I see just so much of myself in these spies. You ever see this crazy movie, Spies Like Us? Dan Aykroyd and Jerry. I look for a a, a clip that would um, be a good sort of funny movie clip that would be appropriate for a class to kind of make a point. There's nothing appropriate or (laughs) relevant except the title um, "Spies Like Us." Um, So, what we see in the spies, we see fear in the face of God's faithfulness. God has been faithful over and over and over again. And, and how, I think how many times do I have to be reminded of God's faithfulness. I've seen him work like a million times. And he's always worked. And yet, uh, it is my gut reaction to worry and overthink. So I don't know. I mean, I'm married to someone who has a gift, sort of gift of faith. You know, like, eh, it's just going to work out. And it drives me crazy, right? Like, <laughs> like no, it's not going to work out. We need to, like, you yeah. know. Um, and it, it, let me tell you, it happens in ministry all the time. In doing God's work, like we plan and we overthink and we worry, and then we get like two months into anything. Did anybody pray about this? Like, yeah. if we and we and um, we just um, and I can this past the past men's hike in in April. Uh, we it was on our I, I guess it was just our second day, and um and we were we had, we had had a couple of guys that that were struggling, and uh some a couple of guys that had tweaked their knees and. That never happens. So if you haven't gone, on you should still sign up. But, um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, so it happened on this one, and, and we had we hadn't we weren't familiar with this trail. Uh, it was a new trail, and uh, the trail boss, and uh, he's not here. But I don't I say his name, but the trail boss was um, was really like worried that we weren't going to be able to to make make it to where we were going that night. And even if we switched up where we were going, it was too far this way and it was too far that way. And we, were, what were we going to do? And he was so anxious and so worried about um, uh, about uh, about the guys. And I said, well, it looks like God is going to have to show up. And he said, yeah, 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 but but we, you know, was, uh, we, um, but if we. And I said, look, and there were, I can't remember all the circumstances around. Me. I said, but but we're going this way and it's going to be fine. If we go that way, then we're not going to get there until like 9.30 at you know, night because it's, it's like eight more miles and it's, it's already 2.30. And, uh, and I said, well, I don't know. But I know if we go that way, this is going to happen and that way this is going to happen. We're going this way. And I know you're the trail boss, but I'm the priest. So we're going to, we're going to, go, like, we're going to go this way. And um, So about... 30 minutes later, we came up on a sign, and I happened to be the first one to get to the sign, um, and and I don't remember why that was, but anyway, I came up. The sign said how long, and I stood in front of the sign, and everybody walked out, and they all thought I was getting in front of the sign because of how long it said we had to go. But I, t- I when I, when I, when he got to the sign, I, I, I just looked, I. I mean the trail boss. He he was for whatever reason he was back and he was at the back of the trail instead of the front. And he um and we he got there and I I just moved and showed him that it was like four and a half miles shorter than we had, the the map had said. And I I said, see God made the trail shorter. <laughs> and he he's like I mean you know I don't know it was just it was just funny like. I, it was just an opportunity to say, I don't know what's going to happen, but we've got to walk in faith. I don't know if God meant I don't we misread the map or what. I looked at the map too. It said we had eight and a half miles and we only had four and a half miles. So I don't I don't know how that happened, but but it happened and so we we it worked out fine in the wilderness there. Uh, fear in the face of God's faithfulness. Is God going to? I know He's come through every other time in my life. Is He going to come through this time? It's just, we see that over and over again. Um, choosing slavery over salvation. Um, and I, I actually kind of jumped ahead in my notes. This is where I was going to talk about how God had heard their cries. But, I mean, you know, he, Moses sees the burning bush and God says, look, your people, Moses, are my people, and my people are suffering in Egypt. And I am going to go and rescue them. He doesn't say, man, and, it, and they are going to love it. You know, Where I'm going, to, it is going to be an easy road. after we, it's, it's all downhill from there. He just says, "I'm going to rescue you," um, and, and and you know, I don't I don't mean just salvation in like the initial sense, choosing slavery over salvation, but that on your ongoing salvation, ongoing walk with Christ, um, in the sense that obedience to Christ and to God's word brings more freedom and goodness to my to my life than disobedience. And yet, what what do I do? I I, I try to make it my own way, and I. When I say disobedience, too, I don't mean like that I'm doing evil things. I'm doing the opposite. I'm just doing it for myself, or I'm not taking down to pray, or I'm not just relaxing and letting, trusting that God is going to control it. Um, and it is, it's my short-term worries and wants that win over the long-term gain. In a sense, that's procrastination, right? Choosing a short-term want over a long-term benefit. Um, so I'm putting off what I need to work on now, uh, which is obedience, by, I don't know, what it is, just watching TV. And There's nothing sinful about watching TV, but, but I, could, I need to be doing something else. Or I don't know what it is. But there's just, um, there is, uh, it takes an extraordinary amount of discipline for me sometimes, um, or sometimes repentance, not just discipline, to remember that um, what God has given me is better than what I want, what I already have. Um, takes discipline. Remember, Second uh, Corinthians five seven. We walk by faith uh, and not by sight. Um, and so, so we see in, in the spies like us that they they see fear in the face of God's faithfulness and um, choosing slavery over salvation. Um, and the louder voice is often wrong. Not, probably not always. Um, Matthew seven thirteen and fourteen. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Listen, if the Israelites were a democracy, then they would have been completely right to turn their tails around and go back to Egypt. They would have... Every time they have a church meeting, they vote themselves right out of the will of God. You know? And if they had listened... To Caleb and Joshua, who were listening to the Lord, then they would have then they would have um, walked in, and they would have seen incredible things. Um, they would have seen the victory of the Lord um, immediately if they had followed that narrow way. And you know, I again, I don't. You have to take this and apply it to your own life. But I just know that that the. The words, uh, the, the loud voice, is often wrong. In fact, we see that a little bit in Elijah. Today, right? It's a still small voice that is where, where the Lord is. Um, it's not going to be the minor- I mean, It's not going to be the majority typically, unless you're in a really good group. It's not going to be the majority typically that is uh, that is urging us to go the way of the Lord. Uh, and then what we see here uh, is that disobedience has consequences. Um, and I, I think that I mean so. So what happens uh, right after this is that um, well, let me say this. One of the chief differences of walking with the Lord and, and walking apart with Him, uh, apart from Him. So walking with Him and walking is is the nature of the consequences uh, that we have. So this is what this is what happens. The Lord said to Moses, "Like I have had it with your people." Right? How long will these people despise me? How long will they not believe in me, in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? Uh, I will strike them with pestilence and and disinherit them, and I will make of you Moses, a nation. I should have said, a nation greater and mightier than they. Moses could have been like, that sounds pretty good, you know? Like this is I, you're gonna make, you're gonna take all these people and wipe them out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the new Abraham, right? I'm gonna be. This is. This, this is a, a prefiguring of Christ what we see in Moses response Moses said to the Lord he intercedes on their behalf please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word oh, this is this is a, a picture uh, of Jesus Christ uh, standing in uh, the intermediator, the, the mediator between uh, God and man, standing between us and the judgment of God, uh, saying, please pardon your people. And God says, I will have pardoned according to your word. However, the people of Israel uh, did suffer for their lack of faith, um, but they never stopped being the people of Israel. This is, this is a, an incredible difference uh, between walking apart from faith and walking in faith walking apart from faith. If God had disinherited them, they would have turned around and the desert would have swallowed them up. They would not have made it back to Egypt because God would not have provided for them. They would not have been His people. But God did provide for His people because they never stopped being His people. God was faithful to the promises that He made to them even though they weren't faithful to the promises uh, that they had made to Him. Uh, they, They suffered. In fact, for every year, every day, for every day the, the, that the spies were in Israel, the Israelites got a year in the desert. And, um, and remember, the, the, one of their primary concerns is our children will become a prey. Well, who were the only ones that entered into, the, into Israel? It was the children, right? All the, all the first generation died in the desert. They suffered for their consequences, and yet they never stopped being God's uh, children. There were consequences. Um, and so it just made me think about uh, this. these verses from the book of Hebrews. It is for discipline uh, that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father uh, does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are not Uh, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So here's the difference. If we walk in faith and we suffer for the consequences of our disobedience, God will use it to discipline us as children. Versus if we walk apart in faith, um, then and we suffer for our disobedience. It's just we, we're going to face the full brunt of the consequences. One of the amazing, one of the most majestic things in all of life of, of a Christian is how God takes the bad and makes it good. And he might take something that is completely not a part of our, the consequences of our own disobedience. He might take cancer. He might take, um, I, I don't know what it is, but a, 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 the death of a parent or, or something. He might just take something and make it make it a a season in our life where we draw near to the Lord and and it's a really good thing. But he also can take... I don't know how he does it. It's just amazing and I'm glad he does do it. He takes our disobedience and um, and he makes it part of the fruit of his own faithfulness to us. I don't know how exactly that happens. But he can take the bad that we create and make it good it might it might be painful. Um, you know, I have a I have a friend um, that I've known for a long time and she has a a very, very difficult marriage. And it's sort of a, a it's sort of a um, a desert time for her. And I don't I certainly don't want to say that she was disobedient. She's kind of suffering the, the consequences of his disobedience. Um, but she 's staying faithful she 's trying to stay faithful in that relationship, and she is experiencing incredible intimacy with the Lord uh, through that suffering for the not her own disobedience. and I wish I could give you a better example but that 's just the one that came to mind but um, but the, uh, the God is using that in her life and she's experiencing incredible blessing and in fact she's they're beginning to see some turns and uh, in that relationship, but it is um, uh, God is with us in the desert times, and it may seem dark, and it may seem bleak, and it may seem hopeless, and it may seem like we're walking around in circles, um, and that is, I think, this when the rubber of faith meets the road of life, because we, it is a hard test of our faith to see. Uh, if we can take our hands off the situation and let God uh, be God. Um, I'm not saying that it is easy. In fact, I'm saying that's really hard. It's a really hard thing. Um, I can think of several other stories in my life besides the um, ordination story. I mean, you know, it turned out good for me. It doesn't always turn out good. It didn't turn out good for the the people. They died in the desert, right? But their kids went on. They're part of something much greater that went on. Um, and actually, what happens right after this? Uh, right after um, he says, "I've pardoned according to your word," the, but they're going to be in the desert for forty years. Um, the people repent and say, "Oh my gosh, we've disobeyed the Lord," and so now we're going to we're going to go in. Well, they go in out. They go into the land without his protection, and they get smeared. Right? You know, like it's a it's a really. And so uh, uh, once again, they they even they tried to control their. Their repentance, you know, I mean, they tried to do the right thing. It, it, so we see it's not even the action itself; it's just a matter of where the where the Lord is and walking with the Lord. Um, you know, the good thing is uh, for us as Christians is that that God's not going to say, and I don't know, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but the punishment uh, for our disobedience has already been meted out at, on, on the cross. But so we have already received. Uh, we uh, we have received sort of acquittal because God has taken upon Himself the judgment that we uh, deserve, and so He's not going to say, "I am so sick of this people, you know, I am, I am, um, I am, uh, am going to make them wander." If He does discipline us, it he disciplines us as sons, not as an angry, belligerent uh, father, not as um, not as um, a holy God who cannot uh, interact with unholy people, but He will bring a, it about in our life. Um, for good, and until he does that, it's it's really hard. And he's faithful, and he's there. Um, and I, you know, as I approach forty, and a lot of you have, have lots of stories, but as I approach forty, I just I, what I want to in the second half of my life is remember that I'm his son, to remember that he is what what love the Father has lavished upon me that I should be called. A son of God. Um, So that I can remember to take my hands off my life and trust my Father. and That He's working. Uh, Even in the desert times. Even in times where I don't know how it's going to work out and I'm knotted up with anxiety. Take my hands off and say, uh, I trust You. Uh, I trust You. And to walk in that and to continually, repent you know, repentance isn't just a one-time thing where you become a Christian. Repentance is a posture that we have before the Lord. Say, I need you, and I, I can't do this. I'm at the end of myself. And, um, you know, we've said it many times. God's office is at the end of our rope. So, um, so that's what I want. That's what I, what I take from this. And I, I really think, I mean, gosh, we could spend weeks and weeks just on the story of wandering through Egypt. But the spies. Just the very beginning, that's what kind of jumped out to me here. Any we've got a couple of minutes. Any any comments or questions, any any thoughts? That last expression. Did you say God's office is at the end of our will? Yeah. Yeah. It's a quote from somewhere. But. He who began a good work in us will see it completion. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't say he who began a good work in us is counting on you to finish the deal. Yeah. Right. He will see it He will see it through. That's right. Thank you. Anything else? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. Even when we are unfaithful, we see it over and over again. And you have assured us that uh, you will not waste our desert times by giving us your Son. That he has taken the punishment for our disobedience. So that you might use it uh, with careful and godly and fatherly patience. Uh, to Your own glory and for our good. Give us the grace to take our hands off of our lives, to walk in faith and not in fear, uh, to walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, Give us discernment, both in our own hearts and in community, uh, to know what You are calling us to. Give us the courage of faith uh, to walk forward. Uh, Let us love You and serve You in faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.